0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. I have to tell you something, people. I think I think my apartment is haunted, and I'll tell you why. Well, I've always felt that way because ever since my cats passed away, you know, where would they go? But I'm sitting there last night, and me and Joanne are going back east for Christmas. So we're, we're arguing because the rates are changing on us as we change, and I'm on the computer. I'm finally going to book a flight. And as I'm on the computer, my internet goes out out of nowhere. I'm like, what is, what is going on? joanne's watching tv all of a sudden a, 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 a thing goes up a message goes up that says your internet has been interrupted something and what the what the hell is going on because i it makes no sense i texted my buddy who lives around the corner i said do you have internet he goes yes i go we don't have it we have the same company so we're sitting there and finally she looks over and she goes it's so bad there's no lights on on the, on our cable box which is under a bookshelf so i go oh man so i'm about to call at&t and i go to restart it and i look and it's unplugged. The and, and the funny thing is none of us were even around where it's plugged in. None of us were doing any of that. And I'm telling you, there's ghosts in my house, maybe because it's Halloween, but it just blew my mind. Anyway, that's my ghost story for Halloween. You guys can take that. Anyway, our guest today, uh, great guy. I reached out to him on Facebook. And, and we all know him. He's been around. And he's just, and he posts some great pictures about food. His name's Rodney Allen Rippey. How you doing, Rodney? Hey man, it's good to be here. How you doing? Now, now have you ever, do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever, is that anything ever crossed your mind, or anything weird happened to you like that? Well, you know what? Not really weird, but um, I'll tell you the truth. Uh,
1: did have some pretty interesting things that happened. One time, my dad, I love him dearly. Um, he was working on my mom's car at the house. And my mom, my dad had restored a 1966 Datsun station wagon for my mom, and it was just like a little grocery getter. And we lived on the west side of Long Beach, and so the car was stalling. And so my dad said it's probably got some trash in the fuel line. So we take the car out, we put it in the driveway. Dad takes the the air compressor line out of the out of the uh, garage. And he tells my brother, I'm going to kind of push some air back through the line to see if there's anything clogging up there. And so he takes the fuel line off and he puts the air in and he hits a little air into it and he tells my brother, go stand and let the, you know, license plate down and take the cap off and let me know if this thing is bubbling. So my brother's standing there. I'm standing next to my brother. So my, my dad hits some air in there. He goes, you hear anything back there? And my brother goes, nah. My dad said, well, let it build up a little more air. So my dad builds up a little more air, he hits it again. And we're standing there, and I'll never forget this. This this all happened right before my eyes. And the craziest thing, my brother's standing there with the gas cap in his hand, and he's got his ear down by the, you know, by the bumper, and he's listening for this thing to bubble in the, the gas tank. And all of a sudden, this solid plug of gasoline, apparently the air was making the fuel rise. Okay. Hits my brother right in the face, covers his whole chest with gasoline, and my brother starts coughing, and he goes, and I said, Daddy, stop, stop, stop. Gas is coming out, gas is coming out. And my dad's like, What? I'm like, stop, stop. And it's constantly pumping out gas, fuel. I look over, and something told me, Isn't the gas heater right behind you? And right when I look, I see the fuel rolling under the bottom of the gas heater. Instantly. I grabbed my brother, and the second that I did and jerk him, a fireball goes up. Really? This gigantic fireball goes up. Well, the way our house was built, Daddy had built a, uh, a side door, you know, or like a hallway that leads to the master bedroom, but he wanted just to be able to come out of the master bedroom and go out the side door and go into the driveway, get in the car. This huge fireball erupts. And my mom opens the back door and steps right through the fire because she didn't she didn't know what had happened. Didn't didn't get burnt. Nothing. Not a hair singe. My brother's rolling around the ground. I thought he was on fire, but he wasn't because I grabbed him and drug him again. And my dad takes off running to go get the water hose. And my mom jumps after she walks through the fire. She realizes she I guess she felt the heat. She jumps and she goes, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, Mama, there's a fire. And I'm freaking out. I'll never forget this. My mom walks over, grabs the bumper of that Dotson with her purse under her arm, and just moves the car away from the fire like it was, like
0: it weighed three pounds. They say that happens sometimes when you're in in this moment of duress that it, you have this um, unbelievable uh, strength. Exactly. And so that happened, and I was just I'll never forget that. So that was my one. And I think yeah. she may have had a guardian angel because she didn't get catch on fire. Exactly. Someone's looking out for her. Not you. a hair singe, nothing. See, you're lucky. You get people's lives saved. I lose cable. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to talk. Now, no, it's so funny because you know you're you started off as a child actor. Yep. And now you saw the Little Rascals movie. Is that what I heard? And that why don't you get you into it?
1: Well, I'm I'm a little three year old kid, and I'm at home, and my mom's in there washing dishes one morning or one yeah one afternoon. And I'm watching the little rascals. And I'm laughing and I'm dying laughing. And my mom comes in and she goes, What's so funny? And I point at the TV and my mom goes, Oh, you think you could do that? And I'm like, Yeah. And she goes, wait a minute, you wouldn't be afraid to be on TV and all the cameras and lights? I'm like, Nope. So my mom goes, well, let me see what I can do. So she dries her hands off she walks over, picks up the yellow pages, and before you know it, she starts calling agents. There were agents in the yellow pages. Isn't that crazy
0: now? Like, they would never list it, because everybody was calling them.
1: Exactly. And so, my mom says, hey, you know, um, I have a cute little son, and, and, and I think he's got what it takes to be in television. So, they were talking to my mom, and before you know it, she had my sister, Beverly Lee, my brother, Kenneth Wayne, and myself, we were all signed up with an agent. And Lo and behold, my sister, she did a commercial for Banquets Fried Chicken, the frozen chicken. My brother, he got a call for the big Coca-Cola commercial. I like to teach the world to sing. And then I'm the baby of the bunch. And the next thing you know, I get a call for Jack in the Box. So this is your first, you had never been out to audition? Never never had any training. Never had any auditions. The first one out the gate. So my mom had a little experience taking my brother and sister. And... My mom said, "Okay, Rodney, here's your shot. You know, let's go. Let's go see what this thing's all about. And we go up there and we walk in and my mom goes, oh, my gosh, look at all these cute kids. There had to be a 100 kids there. And my mom goes, your very first audition, Rodney, and you have to have these many kids going out. My mom's like, man, she goes, well, just try your best and do what you can. So what ends up happening is we're sitting there in the lobby. I got my, you know, I've already signed in. And my mom is just like, she was just the most amazing person, completely, you know, tuned in. And she goes, Rodney, I smell food. I think they're going to give you food. She goes, whatever you do, don't touch it. I don't care what they put in front of you. Don't touch it until they give you the green light. I'm like, okay, mom, I got it. And you know, a kid with fast food—we're all
0: over that. Right? Oh, oh, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so my mom, she's giving me these little tidbits, and she's like, hey, you know, sit up real nice, and don't put your elbows on the table, and just be real cool, and everything's gonna be all right. And so sure enough, I go in, and as soon as I walk in the door, I look, and they are grilling up jumbo jacks for <laughs> every kid going in, and I'm like, "Mama was right," you know. And so uh, I, the guy tells me, "Hey, sit down and." You know, take a seat. And um and uh, the lady puts this big old jumbo jack in front of me and I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm thinking, I'm going to I'm going to get a bite out of this thing. I got a feeling. Or I was thinking, well, maybe it's a prop. I don't know. So, if you go to Facebook right now and you type in Rodney Allen Rippey Jumbo Jack, you will actually see the commercial. Well, that isn't the commercial. That is actually my audition okay. tape that turned into the commercial because it went so perfect they kept it so i go in there and the guy says and it's actually casting he goes he goes haven't i seen you on tv before and i lied i said yeah he goes what's your name (laughs) rodney rodney what rodney allen rippey what's that in front of you the jumbo jack and he goes uh do you think you could ever get a bite out of it and i said it's too big to eat and he said well pick it up and take a bite and i was like there it is there's my green light. So I take this gigantic bite and then he goes, tell me how you like it. And I put it down and I remember what my mom said. I said, I can't talk my mouth full. And so he died laughing. And so I walk out the door and as soon as I walk out the door, this guy is still laughing on the couch. And my mom sees this guy rolling off the couch laughing. And my mom's like, oh, my God, what did you dude, why is that guy laughing at you like this? Let's get out of here. So we leave. We go back to Long Beach. And lo and behold, my agent calls in my agent. And, you know, her name was Dorothy DeOtis. And she's like, they love him. Take him back tomorrow. He's got a, you know, he made the audition. He's got, he, he makes the cut. He goes back tomorrow. So they cut the field down to 50 the next day. Okay. I walk in number one. There's all this casting, more people. And lo and behold, they, I start talking and
0: they said, he's our guy. That's it. And they closed casting. Really? So you just right about that. Yep. So, so you get the commercial and it's funny because mm-hmm. I grew up back East and yep. there, there was some Jack in the Boxes. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. But, but we, we would see the commercial and we all knew you, you know, it was uh-huh. like, but now what is that like? Cause you're five at the time. Three and a half. Oh, you were three and a half. Cause okay. So but it ran for a few years. Oh, well it ran for 14 years okay. the campaign. So you're, you're three and a half mm-hmm. and now you're in this commercial. Yep. And. All of a sudden, I mean, did you, did you ever think mm-hmm. as a little kid, like the phenomenon? I mean, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, when you think of commercial, anything, you think, okay, commercial, it's going to play a lot. I'm going to make money. You right. never think it's going to take it. So, I mean, what was it like? Because, I mean, as you're that young, I mean, it had to be your mom must have had to keep you grounded because your, your life is just exploding. I mean, like what was yeah. going on when that commercial started daring? You know what? Living on the
1: west side of Long Beach in a middle-class neighborhood and nothing changed. I still stayed a child. Um you know, still had to follow directions and and my mom was in this whole thing. Funny you asked that the the campaign started building and building. Next thing you know, there's the Rodney Allen Rippy doll,
0: which people he brought some merchandise. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. It it
0: the, the there's a There's there's a sea World.
1: Yeah, I cut the <laughs> ribbon SeaWorld. Yeah, I cut First the. Me. Yeah, I cut the ribbon to Kings Island at SeaWorld. And then there was the t-shirt, the, the 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 take life a little easier t-shirt. There was an album. And lo and behold, everything was just building, building, building. And I said to myself, you know what? As a child, I was just like, I just felt like I had a bunch of friends and my mom was always you know, my mom always was the the one that was taking me to the auditions and everything. And what ended up happening was my mom said, Rodney, don't ever let this stuff go to your head. She goes, the moment that you start thinking that you are somebody, she said they will hate you and turn away. And my mom told me this like at the age of four. And I was like, really, mom? She goes, that's right. She goes, Rodney, this is a job. This is very serious. She goes, Rodney, do you see all these people standing around here, all these lights and all? I'm like, yeah, she goes. It costs a lot of money for this stuff to happen. She goes, but sweetheart, I want you to focus on your job, deliver your lines. That is it. I don't want you worrying about nothing else. I'm like, okay, mom. She was like my coach, never a stage mom, always with full love and support. And and she was my eyes and ears. And so there'd be days that I'm I'm filming. And if they, if my mom, she would just kind of be floating around the set. And if they said, you know what? that Rodney he's a he's a pro He hammered it he's good we got Rodney's part down and my mom would hear that she would come over and the the funny thing was if you remember back in the day I had this gigantic afro right well nobody could do my fro like my mom (laughs) no hairstylist no one my mom was the my mom was like I would walk in with this perfect afro And they would be like, oh, my God, Miss Rippy, can we touch his hair? My mom would go, I just got through combing it, but yeah. And they'd rub my hair like a lion's mane, you know, (laughs) and just jack my fro all up. And my mom would go, "Okay, you guys are done. And then she'd straighten my fro out. And and so a lot of times in between shots, they'd say, Miss Rippy, can you touch up Rodney's hair? My mom would be no problem. So my mom's like picking out my fro and patting it down. And my mom had this great technique. She would. She'd pick out my hair and she would lay a handkerchief over my head and pat it into this perfect spiral and lift this handkerchief okay. off my head. And the funny thing about it was, while she was doing that, she would be constantly whispering to me, you're doing a good job. They, you know, you, you, you're, you're doing fine.
0: Keep up the good work. Stay focused. That's it. And that was it. Now, now what was it like, though? Because I always, I always sit there and I think about, you know, TV back then and TV now. Mm -hmm. tv back then there was only a few channels tv Mm -hmm. back then you couldn't dvr fast because everyone goes when you watch tv now you dvr you fast through the commercials Uh you're on every network you're on every show yep what i mean was there mania like when you would go out in public i mean what are some things that happened to you that and especially as a little kid Mm -hmm. you, you can't sit there and think you know as a little kid you can't be like Wait a second! All these people—I mean, you went to the like, wasn't there some signing where like, thousands of people showed up and you yep. could you could barely write anymore? People, if
1: there's some of the uh, listeners here, they might remember a autograph signing that took place at the May Company on Wilshire Boulevard over near the Fairfax District. Thousands of people showed up because I was signing my doll, my the Rodney Allen Rippy doll. And so, if you go on eBay, you might find one. It might cost you 400 bucks, but you can find one. <laughs> and the whole thing was, I was always, I mean, I could i could do a commercial. I could do an autograph signing. We could go out of town for some meet and greet. And the moment that I came home, back to normal. Now, the neighborhood knew me. Everyone on the west side of Long Beach knew my house. And so I'll tell you a funny story. i I'm, I'm a little kid. I'm playing in the front yard. And we became like a tourist attraction. People would literally drive by and point. <laughs> there he is there is rodney and so my mom's in the house doing something one day and she looks out the front window in the kitchen and sees me standing at the front gate doing autographs and my mom goes oh my god and she comes running out of the house she goes rodney come here come here and she brings me in the house she goes don't do that i'm like mom they want an autograph she goes maybe you can't be walking up to me. and you know as a kid you know
0: you know you don't
1: I, think there's I any danger you don't yeah. think yeah and so but i always thought like you know it, it you know they're my friend and and so and i've kind of always carried that through my life and so i've been very thankful and have met so many wonderful people traveled and you know and, and thank god man
0: just relatively problem free you know what amazes me is you know as i was looking through you it sent me some info and it Mm -hmm. amazed me about you were somewhere and michael jackson actually knew who you were which you know no matter what age you are if michael jackson knows who you are hey guess what the damn king of pop knows who i am that's a big thing now you're a little kid Mm -hmm. and now now you were sitting there did he come up and talk to you or how did you because i know he started calling you Uh which also which is funny is you know If me as a little five year old, you know, if if like, or six year old, if a teacher was nice to me, you'd be like, oh, this is the biggest (laughs) entertainer, not just in the country, in the world. Mm -hmm. And he's calling you. And it's not like now with a cell phone, like, hey, I mean, he's, he's making the effort to call you on a phone. Right. I mean, how did you get to start the interaction with him?
1: Funny thing, I was at the very first American Music Awards. And again, if you go to YouTube and you type in Rodney Allen Rippey and just put in Michael Jackson. You will actually see a Dick Clark Productions clip where we did this funny little scene. I was there at the American Music Awards, me and my mom again, and I'm sitting on the second row right in front of me was, you know, the first row. And on the back was a piece of paper tape that had Michael Jackson. And I said to my mom, mom. It says Michael Jackson on this seat. And she goes, yes, yeah, sweetheart, your name is probably on the back of yours. And I'm a little kid, and I'm on my knees and scrambling. Right. <laughs> I'm like, my name's on the back. She goes, yeah, Rodney, they put us here. And I'm like, Mom, do you think Michael's going to sit here? She goes, probably. So the show starts, and a cu- and then when they take the first break, Michael walks and sits down right in front of me. And, I mean, he's the Jackson 5. We yeah. listen to his music. I'm, like, twisting You know, I'm having a fit. And my mom's tapping me like, chill out, man. It's no big deal. And I'm like, can I talk to him? And my mom says, Rodney's right there. So I tap him on the shoulder. And he looks over his shoulder, Michael does. And I said, you're Michael Jackson. And he goes, and you're Rodney Allen Rippey. And I'm like, (laughs) ah, my hair catches on fire. I'm like, you know me? He goes, of course I know you. And I'm like, can we be friends? He goes, sure we can be friends. I said, can I have your number? He goes, yeah, he goes, you got a piece of paper. I'm dying at this point. So I read my mom writes down our phone number. I give it to Michael and he says, I'll give you a call. I'm like, okay. And my mom's looking at me. So we get in the car after the show and we're headed home. And I'm like, Mom, do you think Michael's going to call me? She goes, sweetheart, Michael's a very busy entertainer. He's traveling all over the world. Don't get your hopes up. I'm and telling we, you. That.
0: And as a kid, we do because we think, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you know Hollywood, people always say, I'll call you, and they uh, don't.
1: All right. And so my mom was preparing me. I'm not kidding you. Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, phone rings. It's Michael Jackson. And he calls me and uh, talks. And this was before call waiting. So he says, hey, I'll call you on a Saturday. Uh, I said, well, when we talked, I said, well, when are you going to call me again? He said, I'll call you next Saturday, 10 o'clock. Every Saturday." For like a couple of years at 10 o'clock on the dot, Michael would call me. And what would you guys talk about? We talked about, he said, hey, how you doing? What'd you do this week? He said, you got any auditions? You got anything? He, and he gave me, a lot of people wouldn't believe this. He gave me straight, like, some of the best information. Like, you know what, Rodney? When you're out and your fans come up to you, always make time. Always smile. Always look great. Make sure, you know, I know your mom's going to take care of you, but always look like a million bucks. These were words of wisdom that came from Michael Jackson himself. So he I don't know if he saw a little bit of me and him or whatever, but he gave me advice that I adhered to
0: and and took very seriously till this very day. Now, how did the album come about? Because you recorded now, how old were you when you recorded an album? I believe it was five and didn't you what you did you record it in france no 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 oh. we recorded here locally so what so, and- so did did could you sing i mean what how did that how does that come about like you're a kid in a commercial and they go <laughs> and, and back then you know, it's so funny because you look back now and i love uh-huh. it like you look at like you know william shatner recorded yeah. an album and then leonard nimoy and uh-huh. and all these people record albums how does it happen to, and, and and do you just did you think you could sing well or are you a good singer how does it happen well brother i tell you what
1: happened was that is how powerful. That Jack in the Box campaign started out and it built to that point where we had merchandising, T-shirts, buttons, posters, and then the album came up t- entitled Take Life a Little Easier, which I'm planning on doing a re-release with a maybe with a, a line of children's books because it's a kid's album. And so I'm this little five-year-old kid and we get the call and... Bell Records, which is now Arista, was like, "Hey, we're gonna, we want to do this album," and they put together this whole list of songs. And I got the album. If you had a turntable, I'd let you that's spin right. it. But <laughs> if you, if you get on, you might can find it. But again, another vintage thing. And
0: I'm proud to say I'm the youngest person to ever chart on Billboard. See, that's amazing. And just, and you're, you're so humble, and you seem like you stayed humble. And you know, most people, I mean. You know, I see people put their headshot up at a deli and they think they're a star. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm at that pizza. Yeah. You, know, you had T shirts, you had dolls, you had frisbees. Yeah. And now after the commercial you started doing some acting too. You branched acting? out a little bit. You were in blazing saddles?
1: Man, in I I had an opportunity to work with some of the greats, Mel Brooks, um, Lewis Gassett Jr. I mean, I did all the episodics and you know, during the seventies and eighties, which is six million dollar man, police story, Dr. Welby, MD, the odd
0: couple. Now in the six million dollar man they, they told you he actually had powers. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So, now how? So first of all, it's it's funny. I mean, it's, it's they're having fun. <laughs> yeah. But so, how does it happen? Like, they just come up to you. I mean, that just cracks me up. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. We I got the
1: job for the audition for The Six Million Dollar Man, and we're taping it over at a house in San Pedro, and so we're taping this thing, and... You know, I'm like, oh my God, it's Steve Austin, he's bionic, and I kept asking the set, and they were like, yeah, he's really bionic. I was like, really? And Lee Majors walked up to me, and I was like, oh, it's a six million dollar man. I said, are you really strong? And he bends down and he says, hold on to my bicep. So I hold on to his bicep, and he picks me up off the ground with his, you know, just kind of makes a muscle and picks me up, and I'm just dying, you know, and so. In the scene, um, they were going to kidnap my dad. And I was supposed to be this kid playing in the front yard. And these kidnappers came in the house and grabbed my dad and threw him in the car. And when they backed out of the yard, they ran over my bike. And so when the you know the authorities come and they call Steve Austin, of course, $6 million man, I'm crying because these bad guys ran over my bike. And so the steam, we take a break. And... My bike is all mangled. You know, I don't know how they bent it. I guess they well, you know, heated it and bent it. Right. And uh, they said, hey, Rodney, you know, Steve's going to straighten your bike out. Because I was riding it around on the set. I was like, oh, cool. This is great. And we come out of break and my bike is straightened out. (laughs) And I'm like, and they put, they had Lee May just go over there and have his hands on it. And the next day, I come around the building and it's like, he's like, "Mm." and I was like, like, he just finished it. I'm like.
0: you straighten out my bike and I I was just dying you know so and it's so so you're doing that I know you're in a cover ebony which I mean mean, you were it was a huge thing Mm -hmm. so now when do you sit there and do you start getting tired of auditioning because you you've had such a for a little kid you've done more in just a few years Mm -hmm. than most actors would ever get in their lifetime Mm -hmm. and as a little kid it must also it's like anything you know, it's like I, I, you know, as a little kid, you love like I grew up back east. So, yeah. In, in, in the summer, we love baseball. When mm-hmm. it was fall, we love football. When it was winter, we loved hockey and basketball. Mm-hmm. You get bored. Did you start getting? I mean, bored because you were having this cool life. But as a kid, you like mm-hmm. you've done so much. You have to probably sit there and go, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bored.
1: I'll tell you the truth. What happened was after I landed the Jack in the Box commercial, things are in high gear. My mom sat my sister Beverly Lee and my brother Kenneth Wayne down and said, look. How you guys like it? You know, are you enjoying it? You know, Beverly, you've done a commercial. Kenneth, you had a couple auditions. Rodney, you you got the Jack and Box spot. How do you guys feel? And my brother and sister, who are older than me, I'm the baby of the family. My brother and sister looked at each other and were like, "Mom, we don't like it. Let Rodney do it. We'll support him." And my mom was like, "What? Are you kidding me? We got all these pictures and headshots, and you've had some success. Why not keep going?" My brother and sister were like, "Ah, we don't want to do it." Let Rodney do it. We'll support Rodney. So my mom looks at me at the age of four and says, Rodney, I know your brother and sister don't want to do it. I know the way it always is. If they don't want to do something, you don't want to do it. So tell me now. We'll wrap this up. And I said, no, I'm having fun. And she goes, are you sure? As long as you're having fun, we'll continue. I'll take you to auditions. But my mom, my mom didn't care. She's like, Rodney. This ain't for me, this is for you. She's like, "If if whenever you want to wrap it up, just say so." She goes, "Cause I don't need to be driving up to LA." And I'm like, "Okay." And we can I continued. And that's where Mom became my 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 uh, you know, my the love of my life, but she was my travel partner. We traveled all over the United States. We went to London, England. I performed my album in London. I walked on the grounds of Buckingham Palace.
0: I mean, I mean, now, now, but did did you meet the Queen? I didn't get a chance to meet the but Queen. Did, did they request you to? I mean, were you getting requested to go to these places? I, yes, yes,
1: and and went to London, England, performed, saw the changing of the guards, and exper- you know experienced such incredible things, and um, and again, we live right there on the west side of Long Beach, and so probably one of the one of the funniest things that happened, the uh, Ebony magazine when they wanted to do the story on me. They wanted to talk to my dad and they were like, Mr. Rippey, oh, my gosh, your, your, your family's so successful. What do you do? Were you in the entertainment? And my dad's like, no, 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 no. I want to no know entertainment. Mr. Rippy. we want to interview. Matter of fact, we want to go to your job. And my dad's like, no, 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 no. Leave me out of it. You don't need to know nothing about me. And they were like, no, we've got to follow. You're part of this. No, no, no. Come to find out. My dad was a trash man for the city of Long Beach. He retired from the city of Long okay. Beach in sanitation. And they were like, Mr. Rippey, what is it that you do? And my dad was like, I'm a trash man. I- I'm just a trash man. They were like, great. Oh, my God, we love it. We're coming to your job. And my dad's like, no, you're not coming to my job. So my dad, he goes out. On goes to the yard, parks his truck, and he comes out and he gets on his trash truck and he leaves. They have already ID'd my dad. And they follow my dad on his trash route, taking pictures of him, and before you know it, he's in the magazine. And so when this huge Ebony magazine drops, and of course all the brothers at, you know, at the yard know him. Right. <laughs> they get Ebony Magazine and they're like, Oh my God, Fred, you in the magazine. And this dude shows up to my dad. He goes, man, I didn't know that Rodney was your son. And my dad was like, oh, my God, I didn't want this to happen. Now my dad's a celebrity. And so my dad and my family were always so low key. But the one thing that kind of stood out to me was when I got to do uh, a night with Johnny Carson. And I was on the Johnny Carson show. And when we got the call that Johnny wanted me to go on the show, my dad said, now this is big time. Because daddy would watch Johnny Carson every night. That was his favorite show at night. And he goes, I'm going to the taping of this. You know, because he really loved Johnny Carson. And we just went and had a great time. And so from that, there was never any drama. There was never any expectations. There was never any uh, supposed greatness or anything. It was just that it was a job. At the age of three and a half, my mom instilled in me that this is a job. And that, and my mom told me this will not last forever. She said, Rodney, one day this thing is going to come to a halt. I just want you to be prepared for it. And she said, but we're going to ride the wheels off of it. We're going to have as much fun. I want you to enjoy it. She said, but you will grow. There will be other things that you will do. You will go on from here. And my mom had the wherewithal and you know, and she just instilled in me principles of life and you know
0: that's what it is well then okay so you started when did you start I know you you graduated high school I believe
1: you yep, graduated back in North Carolina So you
0: so what year did you go back to North Carolina
1: left California in 1980 graduated high school in 1986 and the reason that I moved to North Carolina was we later found out my mom was sick okay so in 1979 mom's to start saying to my dad we're having dinner and he goes she goes Hey, Fred, why don't we move to North Carolina? And my dad was like, what? What are you talking about? Why North Carolina all of a sudden? And so one thing leads to another. We ended up selling a house out of Long Beach, moved to North Carolina, built a brand new, beautiful brick ranch style house, acres of land. And my, and my mom was trying to convince my dad that the kids need to see their cousins. You know, our grandparents are getting older or our parents are getting older. And. It, it'll be good for him. And so we moved back there, and then we later find out the reason why mom was pushing was because she was sick.
0: And she wanted to. And
1: help. right, so she ended up passing away in '85, and then I graduated high school in '86, and so at at in 1988. I made my decision to return to California. I went to college, got my degree at Cal State Dominguez. How did
0: you pick marketing? I mean, because I know my degree is in management, but as yeah. as a how did you how did you pick? Because uh, it's all business. And yeah, I think if we're not completely sure uh-huh. what we want to do, uh-huh. business will always work. but yeah. is that how you picked marketing? Because I saw that. I, was, I
1: I love you know what? I've always been a creative person, and and I've all and all my life I've watched movies and commercials. And for some weird reason, I analyze, man, it would have been better if they would have did this. Or I think it would have been more impactful if that would have happened. And I always kind of got into that. I always wanted to work in advertising and creative, you know, on that creative side. So I I got my degree in marketing with a minor in advertising and eventually started my own marketing PR company, had an independent video production company, and now I'm working on, you know, I work on, different projects actually me and a buddy of mine named
0: Dan Pettigrew we we're launching the uh, teen day radio network what's that about because that seems like a great idea and I think because mm-hmm. so many people don't know how to get into radio and now this is deals with uh, teens and high school kids it helps them get prepared if they want to go on the radio Yep. now yep. how did you come up with that idea Dan my partner and dear friend
1: uh, he actually came from Clear Channel and which is now iHeart and he says, you know what? I have all this knowledge in my head. And me and him always are banging out marketing ideas. And he goes, man, let's create this thing. So we he actually has a mobile broadcast. I mean, we can go out. He's got a laptop, a couple of really nice mics. And we can go and cover any event. He edits the stuff down. And we upload it to radio stations. And we teach kids the real mechanics of broadcast. Some kids don't want to be on the mic. Some like engineering. Some like breaking the story some like research but this is like taking your high school paper and giving it you know you supercharging it and the whole goal is um if you go to you know LA County or the LA Unified School District there aren't any schools in LA with radio stations anymore the only school around that has a radio station is Beverly Hills High School and we're working with them and so our goal is to get young people we're already working with the city of Inglewood the city of Hawthorne And we're looking for more school districts that want to take a model where we can teach these kids broadcast and give them a voice. These independent like like your wonderful station here could be a setup at every school and they can broadcast music, talk about sports. They can talk about, you know, critical events happening and give young people a voice because young people want to be heard. And they're going to be making some major decisions with technology and
0: everything else you know cuz it it's happening yeah it's amazing that you know that in this day and age it's amazing that some state like some schools you know schools seem to cut back on certain things like you know theater and yeah. thing and what amazes me is if they when they cut back on something like radio or giving a person the, arts, need, the arts. Which, which bothers me is we're in a we're in a time now where like you said all you need is a laptop and some mics, and you That's can right. create radio. That's you right. can sit there, you can you can record it. That's and right. you put it on an MP3. That's right. And get a get a a, a a station like I mean just for your like a podcast like Pod yeah Be- I, I'm on Podbean.com. Yeah. I have a higher thing because I publish stuff. Of a lot, But you can get a free thing where you can put up one or two things, mm-hmm. and it's really amazing that they don't teach it because you're right. It, it's such especially now because we're going through a. I mean I don't I don't really get too involved in politics. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just, we go through, you know, when you watch this stuff, pe- the, you know, these are the kids that are shaping our future, you know, right. and, and the 17, you know, they're coming out 18, you know, they're going to be voting mm-hmm. and they can, they can, they can sway a vote. You know, I think that's why mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders is so popular with these kids because right. it's something they haven't seen before. and It's different.
1: Mm-hmm. I ran for mayor of Compton. Yeah, you know, you how,
0: know? Did, not, how did that happen? Because I know you made some changes with the world. You, you brought some awareness and stuff. But, yeah, Oh yeah. But now yeah. how, okay. So, so you're sitting there and mm-hmm. now you're, you're riding the island ripping uh-huh. and you're sitting there and you're doing marketing and you've uh-huh. had this great career when you were younger. As in, in the acting world. Mm-hmm. So when did you start becoming interested in politics, and how did you end up bringing it? Because that takes a, you know, that's a big step saying. I want to get involved. I want to do it, and saying I'm going to be mayor. So it, what what happened?
1: It was a crazy thing. You know, I, I always lived in you know the Long Beach area. Went to school at Cal State Dominguez, which is in Carson, which is two miles from Compton. And reality was, I I had a meeting with some people with the city, and it was a nonprofit down there that wanted me to get involved to help them talk to the city to get support for the nonprofit. And one thing led to another. I ended up talking to some people there at the city and they were like, we need an image change. We really need somebody who's going to come in with some fresh ideas. We think that you should do this. Or we think that it would be awesome. I later found out that that could have been a, a violation of the Brown Act. But <laughs> the point is I said, you know what? Why not? I've always wondered why does Compton have the issues or the image and the stigma that it does. And I said, well, you know what? Instead of wondering about it, do something about it. So I put my name in the hat. I took a hard run at the mayor's seat. It didn't I did not win, but let me tell you something. Right now to this very day, the things that I was going to change is still happening. Like what were some of those things? It's just the, the the image of Compton. Compton is known all around the world, but it's known for the wrong things. And there were they've had problems with a little bit of You know, you know, hand jive with money and and, and stuff just and it just didn't make sense that they did not push. I mean, you go through the city. If you ride and this is for all you solar companies, if you ride through Compton, you won't see one solar panel nowhere. You look at the streetlights. They're dingy. There were streetlights burned out. In the middle of my election, I rode through the city and I said, that's going to change. That's I said, why are there no trash cans on the corner? None. And I'm like, that's why there's trash on the street. You ride down an alley. What is all this stuff dumped in the alley? I, I said to myself, I told them when I was in the election, I said, if I become mayor, I've got things for the city that they would not believe. And I would have created something like a Facebook like portal for the website. If you got some problem in the city, all you got to do is call. I would have sanitation on top of that. I said, go out there, take a picture before and after. I want to report at the end of the day. Click. That would have been the end of it. I would have had things hopping. I would have made sure that the, the image, the heart of the city, that people. But needless to say, I can still do things. I started thinking I still can affect change and I don't have to be directly tied to politics. So I continue to do things. And again, that's where, you know, me and my, my buddy Dan, we, we thought about Compton. We thought about the kids. And that's where, you know, the teen day broadcast started also as well. And, you know, and I just tell people, I'm like, look, if you want to know what we're doing, go to Facebook, facebook.com teen day broadcast. You can check it out there. But the thing about politics was I wanted to make change and I never had any regrets. And and though I didn't win, let me tell you something. It was funny. I recently went back to Washington, D.C. and I was at the BBG to the broadcast, the Board of Governors and the Voice of America. And I'm talking to some people there and they were like, yeah, you ran for office. And I was like. Uh, you guys know about that. They would go, Rodney, we're Washington D.C. We right. knew you were running for an office, and I was like, all the way back in Washington D.C., and I was just thinking, wow, who was impacted by my decision to do that? And I was thinking like, well, that's why I've always kind of said, okay, there's greater things out there, Rodney. You had a great start as a child actor and and worked with greats, but the best is yet to come. And so I'm keeping myself ready. I'm I'm, I'm working with great people. You know, there's all types of things that I'm working with. I'm working with a, a guy, you know, through my marketing. You know, it's like I got a buddy of mine that I'm working with. His name's Marvin Sproul. We're working on the Country Soul Music Awards. I got a dear friend that 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 has um, James Andrew. He is he's a, a Latin designer and and tailored to the stars. All of these different things that that I'm doing, different plugins, different people. I have a lot of people in my wheelhouse and it's just like and I'm like okay keep pushing because all of this stuff is going to mean something and so that's why I keep moving forward
0: I keep working with great people and just doing my best you know Now now you do all this now you said what you what you did when you were going to be when you running for mayor Yeah can still take us back and it's still sure. happening. How does that happen? How do you make that happen? I mean do you sit there how do you get your points Across, because mm-hmm. as you say, you know, it's like I, I had a past guest, an acronym named mm-hmm. Randy Ryan, sure. who does uh, the school, he went to the, the lower income neighborhoods mm-hmm. and helped them develop uh, gardens. It's called a right. Garden School. And he said it was amazing that these mm-hmm. kids, they actually, you know, he would go to Compton and it was impossible to cook it, you know, to get them started first because there was like the, the, the dirt and everything was just disgusting. They had to start right. over with things. So he makes it, how do you keep making a difference? How are you doing that? to certain the points you want to do like mm-hmm. have you are they changing lights in in compton or is the sanitation changing
1: well the the funny thing you know i i, I still ride through <laughs> you know i've ride through there just to kind of see what is changing and and you know you read that you read things that are happening in the news and and you just kind of wonder you're like it, it's the the progress for me is too slow i think that things could happen it doesn't take a whole committee to get things to just get the community going. When I was there, I wanted to do a block by block challenge. You don't. it does, maybe it doesn't take a lot of money. It just takes a little elbow grease, get out, clean up your community. You know, there's certain things that you say, you know, we're going to take pride in our city and there, and there are many great people down there who do have a lot of pride. It's just winning the balance, you know, having more positive than negative and changing that whole image. And that and that's just not not with just Compton, that's with life. That's with every city, that's with every individual.
0: It's step by step by step. Now, I'm going to get back to your acting real yeah. quick. You know, you did that for years and then you went to college's and mm-hmm. marketing. Was there any time you wanted to go back into it or was there anything it, it, it,
1: I'm I'm still into it, you know, and like I said, looking on developing my own possible late night show, I've I've got some ideas that are hooked into programming and I'm thinking like, you know what, anything could happen. So that matter of fact, I've been recently traveling back to the East Coast and maybe uh, relocating to Washington, D.C. There are some opportunities and some people I've been talking to and you know what, I'm definitely going to be letting S- Steve and all your listeners know, I'm going to be letting you know, man, what's happening with me in the uh, next few months to come because it's time to shift, you know, and I'm like, you know what, Rodney, you're single, no kids, you don't have anything holding you back, and I'm like, it's like pedal to the metal, I, I'm not worrying about anything, I'm just going step by step, and looking at every opportunity, and I've got some great people talking to me, and I, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm completely open to new things, but I am looking at uh, developing content, I am looking at, um, and it's not that i uh, dying to get back in front of the camera, but I love it. It's fun, you know. Once it's, it's in your blood, it's in your blood. But I'm looking at uh, hosting positions, you know,
0: TV shows, episodics, whatever, and and feature film work as well. Now, how did you come up with you said the uh, Country Soul Awards? Now, yeah, I know some of the people you're looking at, it's Charlie Pride, and different yeah. people. Are you a country music fan? Has that been, or, or have you always been a country music fan? Or I mean, because yeah. I, I know a lot of people who are country music fans mm-hmm. who are old school my friend steve mcgrew is a very uh-huh. popular comic he he loves the old school country yeah he hates the new stuff because he, he's like you know it's changed a lot and mm-hmm. that's i think it's like anything like for, for me you know i love you know new waves stuff like that when right. i was younger and and punk and then mm-hmm. and then you sit there and you sort of have like that and eh, it's new stuff like you know you're not going to sit there and say this guy's the best guitarist you know no he's not better than jimmy page and let's have like yeah we, we have a bias and mm-hmm. it's i think it's because we're old and we're you know. We're More mature, yeah. Go. But now, now, were you always a country fan, and when did you start getting into country?
1: It was—it's a strange thing. I actually co-executive produced a country artist by the name of Ben Rombouts, and he produced a song called "21 Days," and it's a dedication to the men and women of our armed services. I love our veterans out there, our active men and women of the armed services. They need all the support that they can get, and so we created a song, and from there, was on the kind of the fringes of music and. Uh, bumped into a, a, a guy here in, in LA and he started telling me about his dream. And the next thing you know, we kind of partnered up, and, and there are people who I know. And I said, Look, man, this thing's got to be packaged right. And so started working on some content. And his name's Marvin Sproul. And, and you know what? The funny thing is, he was from Williamston, North Carolina himself. And he was, you know, he's a black guy that loves country music. And he started telling me all of his life, he, he was like this bumpkin. And watched Hee Haw and Minnie Pearl and but he had a real true love for country. And as he started digging in, he started finding the uh soulful side of country. People like Bonnie Raitt, uh Deanne Carter, Winona Judd, uh Charlie Pride, Ronnie Milsap. The uh a lot of people don't know know that the Pointer sisters won a country Grammy
0: for their song Fairy Tale. I did not know that. See Deanna, Deanna yeah. Carter's great. She was on the show. What a what a talent. Yes, sweet, sweet woman.
1: So all of these things is so f- we started developing and how did I get involved with Country Soul? It's because new content, new groundbreaking opportunities. Country music is one of the largest genres, the most money making genre of all music. And there is a untapped area and then and me and my buddy Marvin are, are keying in on. It. And we're looking at doing an award show. That will honor the soulful side of country we've talked to Millsaps people we've talked to uh charlie pride's people and they were like wow we've never heard of anything like this yeah if if you if you get this thing set up we will come to pick up an award and so i mean the same people who make the grammy awards who design it my buddy's already talked to him because he said we've got to have an award that's going to stand out this thing has got to stand out so you know it's it's everything piece by piece brick by brick that's another project and I'm just working with as many great people as I can and and again just trying to keep myself focused and happy and healthy and jamming forward you know
0: no no you brought some of your uh, merchandise in which is, mm-hmm. is cool people this is like really cool stuff it takes me back years I'm I'm a little older than uh, Rodney but uh, uh, it's it's cool I think yeah I'm like two years older than you okay and uh, but I remember all this stuff now is there a huge market now? Because we are in such a retro. Everything is so retro. I mean, mm-hmm. as you say on YouTube, I guarantee your commercial probably has got tons of hits. And and the difference is because people know the Jack in the Box commercials mm-hmm. are very different now. But they always had a sense of humor. Because yep. there's a little kid eating a big burger, and it right. was something different. Now, has have you? Do you go to uh, conventions? Do people request you to go to these signings or anything like that?
1: I have been to a couple signings, and but you know, I stay I stay so busy to the point that you know. I, you know sometimes it's kind of funny i went to an autograph signing one time and i don't really get drunk on the kool-aid so to speak i mean i'm there i got pictures and and i'm signing things and and i gave you a button you know i gave you a keychain key which
0: i'm gonna put them because i need a new keychain that's yeah, perfect
1: there you go and and the whole thing is there i have some little memorabilia and things that and i like to cook so i have these chef smocks with uh with my picture on it so turns out you know i'm there and, and i'm selling my headshots for like you know five bucks seven bucks and people come over to me and they were like oh, hey rodney got your booth is on fire what are you doing i'm just selling pictures man they're like what are your prices i'm like i think seven bucks for black and white or five bucks and they're like dude i'm selling my stuff for 20 bucks 25 i'm like I, I you know i just for me it's kind of like I, I don't want, you know, people come to meet me. I'm ha- shaking hands and I'm giving away free selfies and stuff like that. And I just, I just don't want to get into that, that realm of living in yes year. I mean, cause you know what? My past was great. If people loved me in the past, they ain't seen nothing until they see the new Rodney. And when I come back and I've never left, but it's things that I'm wanting to executive produce. Things that I want to do. There are people who I want to work with. There are, you know, there's there's programming and content that I'm like, it's missing or it needs to come back from the music side to real, true people writing real stories that are going to mean something.
0: Reality is great, you know, everybody loves it and stuff like that, but not everybody's a train wreck. I think I think reality actually is is starting to take a a dip down. I, I think just because I think people are just tired of it, and there are the shows. Like my girlfriend loves the Amazing Race, and and that mm-hmm. is a good show for what you watch because it, right. it's it's very interesting. Sure. You know, and there are some Shark Tank, you know, because it gives people oh, yeah. a break, fun stuff. But I think people are just right now. I think we're just so tired of, you know, I don't want to hear the dysfunction of a billionaire. I, I don't want to, you know, because <laughs> that doesn't. I don't. I mean, I don't care about the Kardashians. I don't know how right. they're so big. I don't. I don't want to see that. I mean, you know, show yeah. me, show me a middle, middle a uh, middle class guy mm-hmm. trying to raise his family. I'll right. watch that. I don't want to see John and Kate plus eight. I don't care about that. I want to see, you know, I weigh 800 pounds. You know, right. I, I want to see something that is actual true TV. And I think people yeah. are just getting tired of reality. I think with you, when you have these ideas for different shows, mm-hmm. you know, we need good stories. That's not out. you know, I mean, you know, people can you know say it was hokey, but hey, you know what? Back when Touched by an Angel was on, you watched that yeah. show, you felt good. Right. So, you know, you, you said, like, okay. You know, there was meaning in TV.
1: Yeah. I actually, I started a, a project a while back. And and it there's still and it's a reality-based show, but let me tell you something. There's nothing like it on TV. And and it was all about helping people through giving. And a lot of people don't realize how many people struggle and how many people just need that little hand or that little bit of inspiration to push them forward. We see every day in the news that person. I, I had a discussion with somebody recently about. um it's kind of weird. I don't know why. You know, God has given me this thing. I could be standing on a street corner, getting ready right to cross the street and I could be there with a whole crowd of people and just stand there waiting. And next thing you know, somebody's telling me their whole life story. And I'm like, why are you telling me? There's like eight other people standing here. Why me? But I'm like, you know what? I, I try. I, I looked over this one guy one day and he looked just looking at him. He looked like he was sad. And and someone said, Rodney, don't do it. Don't say none of this guy. But I said, how you doing, man? And he took a deep breath. And I said, you look sad. I was like, what's wrong? Yeah, and I was like, don't say that, Rodney. <laughs> and next thing you know, this guy's pouring it on. And I told him, I said, look, look, look. I don't want to know your whole story. I said, but let me tell you something. Whatever you're going through, it will pass. It can pass. I said, whatever it is, I said, just keep, I said, think about getting through this thing whatever it is you know and i and i just said look pat him on the back <laughs> be strong my brother you can do it and you know i i was i was getting out of my car one day at a store and this and this young man walked up to me and said excuse me sir can you buy this candy to keep me out of gangs and drug violence and i said can you say that again yeah i i, I need you to buy this candy to keep me out. i said wrong pitch brother <laughs> i said You need to have sense enough to stay out of drugs and gang violence. I told him, I said, look, you're out here slept around this box of candy all summer. I said, do you have a mom or grandma? Well, my grandma, I said, get with your grandma. I said, you see all this candy? I took these boxes of candy. I go, some dude owns this company. You're making this dude rich. I said, create your own can. I said, make cookies. I said, go get some cookie dough. Make your own cookies. Set up a cookie. I said, you never know. I said, man, I said, do some research. There's a guy named Famous Amos. Guy started making cookies, blew up, made millions of dollars. I said, so think about that. And I I, I encouraged him. I said, look, I don't need a lot of candy. I said, but look, here's a couple bucks to support you. Remember what I said? And the kid was standing there looking at this bucket of candy like,
0: you know, this guy's got a good point. Right. You know. (laughs) we have a few minutes left I want to talk yep. about your your cooking because I know yep. when you went back to North Carolina and I just as my listeners know I, I was diagnosed with a heart problem a few years ago so uh, I have to watch my sodium yep. and and the one thing I noticed about Southern cooking before I got the problem I had my problem is probably why I had my problem oh my was that I would know I, I would go I would fly back to see my girlfriend back east before mm-hmm. she moved out here and mm-hmm. I used to have a when I started off flying before virgin flew at Philly mm-hmm. there was a I, I would fly through Atlanta and i would Mm -hmm. go to this place and it was southern cooking i remember getting chicken fried steak and Mm -hmm. getting extra sides i had chicken fried steak collard greens macaroni and cheese Mm -hmm. and black eyed peas and it was so good but i just can imagine how much salt was in it but now are you do you like to cook southern style or was like those pictures that you cooking or was it your sister cooking
1: no i cook there's some things that i cook i love to cook and matter of fact that's a that was another thing that i've started to develop maybe a possible cooking show called what's cooking with rodney and it's basically i would cook with all my guests but really get into uh the different ethnic styles of of food and having an ethnic group of people coming on my show so because it's like my mom we had a neighbor that 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 was indian in long beach and my mom started cooking curry and the lady could smell it and she goes i smell your cooking and the whole thing is i love to cook but i've been thinking very seriously about you know, being more health conscious. And I try, and sometimes, man, I, I've cooked a, a, a side of dishes of, of brown rice with collard greens on it, you know, and I do try, and sometimes I'll get a, a craving for spinach, and I could just steam some spinach, man. And, and I mean, I eat bad sometimes, but I also
0: eat well, we have, good, too. Well, you, you, know know. What I hate, you know what I hate about spinach? Mm-hmm. Is, and I, spinach is so good, uh-huh. but you put a big bushel in the, in the, in the pan. And it cooking, cooks and down. And you turn your head, and you go, it's one serving. It's a whole damn bag. Like because it's it's right. Trader Joe's has this bag of spinach for a dollar mm-hmm. and it's a, yeah. You sit there and you go, oh man, this is gonna. My girlfriend juices with it too, but you're like, this uh-huh. is gonna be a lot, and you go, what the hell? Yeah. So no, so now I gotta ask you. Now when you were doing the Jack in the Box commercials. Yep. Were you ever, were you like under contract where you couldn't go to eat at other fast food? No, no. I mean, I just, you
1: know, I always had a a relationship with them and and I always had a respect for them. You know, even till this day, I've had people, marketing companies come after me and say, why don't you slam them? Why don't you say, I don't eat them no more. I I eat it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why am I going to throw them under the bus? I go, you know, even if I'm not doing the commercials with them right now, who knows? The phone may ring. Matter of fact, I wanted to produce my own burger. I, they should have the Rodney Allen Rippy Burger on their menu, just like McDonald's has the the Mac Rib that flows in and out. People you know? would buy it. People would buy it. I think so. But I'm happy, you know, and and I've always enjoyed them. You know, I really have. And what would be on that burger? I actually created a aged blue cheese sirloin burger, and that was That's good. yeah, that was my <laughs> burger that you know and. And matter of fact, my burger was featured at a five star restaurant, the Anaheim White House, here in Anaheim. A five star restaurant featured my burger for a month. See, that's now did it sell well? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It it did well. So and but I just I wanted I do want to say just a little quick, you know, birthday wish to a dear friend of mine, um uh uh Lucian Nehemiah. He owns uh uh goodness uh well connected gear. Today's his birthday. So Shout out to
0: him. You know. happy birthday, Lucian. And my birthday's Friday. So hey, we're, happy we're, birthday to you! We're all too. those Scorpios. We're crazy. There you okay, go. So now, now, where can people? Uh, where can people follow you? Now, do you are you on Twitter? I am. I'm on Twitter. And Rodney D- Allen Rippey on Twitter. Do you tweet a lot? I do once in a while. You know when I get
1: time, but you could really find me. I do more if you really want to have a few laughs. Catch me on Facebook. I'm I'm about maxed out. I got like five thousand. I gotta bump it up, but anyway. But you can find me at Facebook.com/slash Rodney Allen Rippy or Catch me at
0: RodneyAllenrippy.net. Now what can we find on RodneyAllenRippy.net?
1: Just information. You know, I'm going back through the website and everything, but it's a a little bit of some of the things that I've done in the past, and it talks about my old radio show. I had my own radio show here in LA. And there's always things coming up so i try to keep it updated and and um man i'll i'll keep in contact with you
0: now what if kids are listening and they want to get in touch about the radio do they email you or do they go to, i know there's a facebook page i liked it today yeah and did, is that where they go where they can get more information on it? if
1: they would like information they could reach out to us at, at facebook.com slash teen broadcast and um again we'll get back to you we'll find and and the thing is we're trying to find school districts oh one last thing um, got, I'm actually co-executive producer of a documentary called Rise and Shine, and it's all about the arts and education. So look out for that. That's going to be coming on uh, KLCS, which is a uh, the, uh, learning channel here in, and, and with PBS here in Los Angeles and the whole surrounding area. And so working with people,
0: it's all about kids,
1: education, and just enjoying life, man. I want to thank you for coming on.
0: And it was great. Now, now, now I bet people bet people can find your merchandise on eBay. You can, but you yeah. don't make any money. off
1: that. I don't make any money, but you wait till I relaunch my online. Then I'm we'll telling make you, some we, we got
0: those shirts—I like those shirts. Anyway, so people check him out, Rodney Allen Rippy. Follow him on Twitter. Check out all his good projects going. on. Go to his website, RodneyAllenRippey.net, and uh, yeah, follow him on Facebook. And you know, when he maxes out, I bet he'll sit there and uh, have a Facebook fan page. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's at CooperTalk. I tweet all the time. I tweet funny stuff when I think about it, and you know, just weird stuff. Whenever there's a debate. Follow me on Twitter because I, I really Woo. go crazy in that. And uh, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over uh, 430 episodes. You can always listen there. And you can email me through there, cooper at coopertalk.net. I, I got a little behind. So this week I'll probably be posting one a day because I've just i mean, it's, I've been crazy busy and just stuff like that. Also, uh, iTunes and Stitcher, the same thing. It's coopertalk. That's uh, one word. Follow this there. If you have an Android phone or tablet, Go to the Play Store, and you can get the Cooper Talk app for free. All my shows go up there. You can listen to it on your table, and or tabletop, or wherever you're doing. It's great. And also, don't forget my other website, StopTheSalt.com. StopTheSalt.com. You know, when I had my heart problem a few years ago, I had to change my diet. So what did I do? I went out and I wrote a cookbook. It's 120 recipes. They're all low sodium, easy to make. And the thing about this cookbook is, it's sort of more, it's sort of more guided towards men mm-hmm. who. Cook for one, because everyone says it's hard to cook for one, which it isn't. And there's no pictures, so you're not going to get all go like, oh, there's pictures. No pictures. There's no hard ingredients, basic ingredients. So go to stopthesalt.com and buy that. You can buy it on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble, but then I make less money, and it's all about me making money, and I'll sign it for you. <laughs> so stopthesalt.com. So anyway, I'm going to thank you guys. Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, and stay tuned next week. I will see you then, and, and take your vitamins.